Hey everyone, this is Kim, and welcome back to the Strive to Drive podcast. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing my friend Renee. Renee has struggled with anxiety and perfectionism throughout most of her life, and this held her back in a lot of ways when she began learning to drive. After many starts and stops, she was eventually able to get her Quebec driver's license when she turned 30. Renee now lives with her husband in California and needs a carpool to work because her Quebec driver's license isn't considered to be valid there. However, she does plan on getting her full California driver's license in the new year. Let's get to the interview. Okay, so let's just like start with your situation right now. Like, do you have a license or are you in the process of taking lessons? So I do have my Quebec license. Yay! Yay! (laughs) I did finally achieve that. But now that I'm living in the Bay Area, I do need to get um, my California license. So I actually have to do another road test in order to get that license because it doesn't transfer, unfortunately. Will you need to take lessons to do that? I don't plan to. I feel pretty confident in my ability. I just feel like I need to practice like parking and reversing, which is the thing that gets me. And my husband and I do have a car, so I can practice, which wasn't always the case when I was in Montreal. You know, I have visited San Francisco Mm -hmm. like 10 years ago. um, And I do remember there being not a metro, but like some kind of train system. How does that compare to Montreal? I feel like it's not really comparable because um, so even though people are like constantly commuting all throughout the Bay Area into these different like little cities, it's not really easy to do it by public transit and it's really time consuming. So yeah, so most people just drive everywhere. Yeah, it's such a different culture here. You know, I'm teaching out here. and My students are like, you know, 16, 17. And they're like, yeah, you know, they're driving to school with their parents to get practice. You know, some of them already have their license. And I'm like, I did not take that route. And do a lot of them get cars for their 16th birthday? You know, like how they showed on TV when we were growing up. (laughs) Like my super sweet 16, you're getting like a really awesome car. Um, Some of them do drive, I mean, I'll put in quotations, their own cars. I don't know if it's really their parents' car, like a second car, whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's definitely a thing to have a car. Like one of my students, he doesn't even have his full license yet. And he has a car. Like, he worked to get his car. And he's so proud of his car. And we all were, like, so proud of him. And he's getting his license soon. And he's so excited. And it's just so different from my experience. And I think, like, what a lot of people will speak to on your podcast. Where it's just, like, you know, not really important for us. So, yeah, let's talk more about your experience. Mm. Um, so when did you, when did you start learning to drive? Well, you know, early on, my dad had this dream. He really (laughs) was aiming for me to start driving like at that 
that time, you know, like 16 was the time. I remember he gave me like, I think for my birthday, my 16th birthday, like he gave me cash and he was like, yeah, this is like for driving. Like, so when you want to go to the driving school and get everything done. And I mean, I obviously did not spend the money on that, but for a while, like a short while in high school, he had a standard car and he would let my brother and I start the car. We didn't move it. We started the car. And then there were two different times that he was like trying to teach me while he had this car before it got totaled. Someone like crashed into it while it was parked. Mm. He tried to teach me. And I mean, like, why would you do that to a child on a standard? It's just way too complicated. (laughs) At (laughs) least for me. But I almost crashed it into non-moving objects both times. So I was just like, yeah, I don't think this is really for me right now. And that's kind of when I started. But then when I got serious about it, kind of serious, to say I was serious about it is is kind of lying. When I at least enrolled in a driving school, I was um, like 25. That's a considerable gap from 16, right? Like as a teenager, like you were kind of just doing this because your dad wanted you to, but you know, like it wasn't really important to you. And then why did you start at, why did you start again at 25? Yeah, it wasn't important to me when I was younger. And then when I was 25, it still wasn't that important to me. But my husband, who I was dating at the time, had, you know, gone through the system. He got his license. He had his car. And my brother also, like a little bit before me. So then it was like, oh, you want to just go get Krispy Kreme? Sure. I was like, ooh, I see the lure a little bit of having a vehicle. It's just kind of this like get up and go type deal. But I, I still got a lot of that get up and go from public transit. So it, it was enough to at least get me started, but it wasn't really enough to keep me going to just get the license in what, like a year? It took me five or six to get it. So you started at 25 and you got your license like at 30? Yeah, actually. Yeah, I just, I just turned 30. And then like a few weeks later, I finally went to go to the practice, like the road test. And then I got it. Nice. Yes. That's a good birthday present. (laughs) You know, yeah. It's like, finally, you know, finally got it. (laughs) And, And you got your license in Quebec, right? Yeah, I got it in Quebec. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when you were like in the driving school, what was it like? Did you find what they taught you was helpful? And like, why do you think it took you five years? That's such a great question. (laughs) I think part of it, I mean, was that if you're living somewhere in Montreal where you can literally grab five different buses and be at five different parts of town, or you can walk to a metro with ease, there's like less of an impetus, like less of that like initiative to want to drive. And my whole life, I've lived in Cotonej and NDG. And when I was living, like when I was going to Royal West, I lived 10 minutes from school. So I could 
get to LaSalle really easily. I could go to Cote d'Ange easily, Cote St. Luke, like Westmount downtown. I was like, where else do I need to be? <laughs> like everything was there. It didn't matter. But in particular, when I was at the driving school, I think anxiety and perfection were issues for me. Something that like since, you know, I've worked a lot on, but the idea that like you have to be really good at this thing the first time around was like a poison to me. So when I wasn't doing well, when I didn't really understand the instructors or, you know, it's like, this is the billionth turn you're doing and you still overturn and you're just like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like forget this. That played a huge factor for me. And at the time, I didn't have consistent access to like practice at home. Cause even though like my brother and my boyfriend had their licenses, like the first two years you have your license, you can't drive with another person like has a teacher. So I wasn't really getting practice at home and had to rely on the school, which meant it was kind of far and in between. Then the instructors, like, they spoke my language. They spoke English, but they did not speak my language. Like, I remember being in the car and we're going around Westmount because my driving school was like, you know, at the cusp of Westmount and in NDG. And like, he kept telling me the same thing. He just had one way of explaining how I needed to turn. And he didn't get that I didn't understand that one way that he was trying to mm. explain it to me. So he's like saying it over and over again. He's like, only turn your wheels three quarters of the way. And in my head, I'm just like, well, then what's like the zero, like relative to what? <laughs> Like, when do I know I'm at three quarters? And then they'll be like, your wheels. Think about where your wheels are. And I'm like, dude, I'm in the car. I don't know where the wheels are. So, it, and I had the same instructor practically the entire time. And when I switched, it was an instructor who was talking about his whole entire life to me. So that whole period, I think most of my practicing um, with my driving school was quite useless and I never mm. improved. I was just like, yeah, this is not going anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So that contributed a lot. So then after the two years, then you, you were able to practice with your, like with your family members. Yeah. But then like, it's like, uh, again, like I didn't really want to, uh, part of it's like that fear of the challenge you know and kind of getting worked up in my own mind about driving and then another part is just like I totally don't need to like I get to work so easily I get anywhere I want to with ease and I don't go places that are far because I'm not trying to spend like two hours in public transit so the need wasn't there and I I also didn't really want to practice so I didn't want to face how okay. bad I was at it until I was like, oh, no, you need to get it now. <laughs> and did you have to take extra lessons or were you able to, like, your lessons with the driving school were were pretty spaced out? They were pretty spaced out, but I still needed to get extra lessons. And this is one thing, I mean, like, 
people should know when it's like taking you a long time too to get through driving school it's like they charge you so much they're like we haven't seen you in like nine months like it's time to pay a renewal fee and i'm like for what <laughs> you're pulling my file out of a drawer what <laughs> what renewing do you need to do you know so you know i would take long times to come back and then i would need to pay for the extra lessons because I started to practice with like my family members and my husband. I was just dating him at the time, but <laughs> I still felt like, okay, I need somebody whose like job it is to explain this or break it down because when that's not what you do normally, it may be hard for you to explain. Like my brother would explain things to me and I was just like scratching my head. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. He'd be trying to explain like parallel parking. And he's like, it's like trying to fit in a box. Just imagine yourself trying to get in the box. And I'm like, why, why would I do that? And how is this supposed to help me? It, and it didn't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but he was trying. He was trying. I'll give him points for that. Oh, it's good that you have a patient family members and a patient boyfriend. Mm-hmm. To practice with <laughs> yeah it, it was a benefit because like yeah I, you do have to be patient when you're driving with someone right and hiding the anxiety that they'll crash and kill you and them and or someone else so yeah that was a lucky thing that I had people who were patient enough to deal with me and then was there a moment where it clicked for you one moment I know that the aspect of turning clicked for me I was really, I was pretty bad. I shouldn't say really bad. I was pretty bad at turning. It was like totally inconsistent. And again, my instructor would just re-explain the same thing. And even when I rephrased it and I, in hindsight, did explain exactly what he told me, just in other words, he would be like, no, 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 no. So I was utterly confused and I practiced with my cousin. I had only practiced with her like a few times, but I was practicing with her and she asked me, okay, what is, what is it that you want to work on? I said my turns. And she's like, okay, so we're going to go around. Um, we're driving around NDG. And she said, okay, so all you need to do is steer the car in the direction that you want it to go. <laughs> it seems like the simplest, like... <laughs> like well yeah obviously that's what you gotta do right (laughs) but when she said that to me I was like that makes total sense (laughs) here my instructor was like no you gotta turn the wheel 30 degrees you need to turn it like 270 and all this stuff and she was just like just look where you're going and turn the car that way and (laughs) after that my turns were so improved that was like my aha moment. I was like, I need instructors. Just <laughs> simple. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about your experiences at driving school, but some people don't keep it simple. Or they're just like rehashing what you've read in that textbook they give you. And I mean, I was a good student. I read the textbook. Yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure you read it. <laughs> so I'm like, 
that is one thing I know that you did. I mean, reflecting on the experience to come and chat with you, I was like, yeah, my favorite part was like all that theoretical stuff we did. Because once I figured out like how they trick you for the questions, I was like, oh, I'm good. I know exactly what <laughs> questions you're going to ask me. Like, it's, it's good. So yeah, I read the book. You know, that site they give you to like practice. Mm-hmm. Like, I did all of the questions. <laughs> so... I was like, I know how you're explaining this to me, but just, it's not working. It's confusing there and it's confusing Mm. now. (laughs) And so when you went to go take your driving Mm -hmm. test, like the practical test, were you pretty confident at that point? No, (laughs) not at all. I had like a breakdown right before, like I'm going, my brother and my sister are coming with me for support. I'm going to use my brother's car because that's the one I'm most familiar with. Like, I should have been really confident. But before I had to, like, look at myself in the mirror and just be like, you got this. You could do this. <laughs> like, I was, like, <laughs> naming all my ancestors. And I was like, they are behind you. <laughs> because by this time, I felt like it it was now or never since I would I was going to be leaving the country like three weeks after. So there wasn't time to reschedule it. I wasn't helping myself in the scheduling of this test. So super nervous. And um, yeah, then I just had, I just had to go, had to go and do it. Yeah. Sometimes the less time we have to think about it, the better. (laughs) In some ways. I totally agree (laughs) because there were so many times where like my brother or my dad or um Tyron he was like who I was dating I feel so weird I'm sorry because I'm like yeah he's my husband we were dating (laughs) they were all telling me like just go do it right like the worst that's gonna happen is like you'll fail it and then you'll just reschedule it and they were telling me that like a year before I actually did it but I kept on saying no I need more practice I need more this I need more that but it wasn't like I was going out and getting that much more practice so I totally Mm couldn't taken it multiple times before this point at the end of the test um how did you feel did you think you had passed I felt confident after the test I had an instructor uh, instructor or invigilator I don't know what you call them but the person who's like you know driving with me he was black and I was like I'm black he's black <laughs> this is already looking good <laughs> I don't know this is, it just gave me some comfort and we were driving around and I, I was just like doing everything right. I was like taking my time. I'm like, I looked at all my blind spots, which was something I was forgetting to do often. When I was driving with other people. And the only thing that I was really nervous about was the parallel park. And I did a decent enough job. I was like, you cannot hold a license for me just for a parallel park because dude, like some people, most people, yeah, most can. people can. Like most people just avoid parallel parking at all costs. So I'm like, I could do that for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> so I felt I did feel good, and when we finally like parked the vehicle at the SAAQ place, he was like, "Okay, you got it. You just need to practice your parking a little bit more." And I was like, "Okay." Thumbs up, dude. Give me that license. <laughs> was your family surprised that you passed? No, they weren't. 
you know like of course you're gonna get it like everyone's like of course you're going to get it but I'm like that's not how it felt folks (laughs) can we just acknowledge that like in my stomach it felt like oh you're gonna bomb it's gonna be terrible um they were all really supportive and they all thought I could do it which is really nice you know so you got your license, your Quebec license, and then you moved to the States soon yeah. after that. And you've you've been driving with your husband? Sometimes, but driving in California is, is different. I've heard of a lot of people say, like, Montreal drivers are insane. I just want them to come to California because people don't signal here you're on the road and you just see risk after risk after risk (laughs) like people are like just merging into a lane or switching lanes with the least amount of space between them and an upcoming car it's like did you even check your blind spot what happened so it's Mm. as someone I wasn't driving that long in Quebec and I come here and I'm just like oh my god I could die because people are just driving like maniacs out here. So I don't, I don't mm. drive that much because wow. it's kind of scary to me. I'm not used to the highway, even though it's bigger. It's kind of like, you know, I, I need a signal from folks if you're, you're coming over into my lane, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you need to get a California driver's license um, in order to drive by mm-hmm. yourself. And so, when do you plan on doing that? <laughs> I love that you like laughed at the end of the question because, like, yeah, it's worth laughing at. Because <laughs> I got my learner's permit out here um, practically when I first arrived, within like a month, and um, it's now expired. So. <laughs> I have to go back to the DMV, <laughs> which is actually as horrible as people talk about it being like, I appreciate the SAAQ more after going to the DMV. Because I'm like, I'm about to lose half a day of my life just to get this learner's permit. So I plan to do that relatively soon. Hopefully by the beginning of the new year, let's say January. I will check back with you. Have an update episode. Yeah. Where are they now? Yeah, for sure. When you when you go to work, how do you like how do you get to That's work? That's a great question. I have been so lucky because uh I was living in Fremont and working in East Palo Alto, which it's like a thirty minute drive if there's no traffic. And if you want to take public transit, it's like three hours. It's just crazy. And that was kind of going to have to be like my plan because my husband and I don't really work in the same area. But then one of my colleagues was like, oh, no, I'll just carpool you. So I was super lucky to get carpooled. And even when I moved to a new area, which is is actually a little bit closer to my work, my colleague could still carpool me. So I have not needed to take like that three hour detour around the Bay Area would have been like a scenic tour like I was a tourist trying to see the whole area just to get to work that's crazy when you finally get your license will you still carpool 
I don't mind carpooling at all if it's still an option for me. I think because, you know, my husband and I both work and we're both out of the home that you're talking about, like maybe a second car and it all depends on, right, your finances and where you are. So it, mm-hmm. it's brought me now to that place where not saying that people don't do this in Montreal, like people don't have two cars because they totally do. But I feel like it's really like super American to have like multiple cars in the family. Like you drive by people's homes and there's like four cars in the driveway. You're like, wow, that's like super intense. Do you know what the cost of getting your license is? I'm trying to remember. I don't really remember how much we paid at the DMV just to get the learner's permit. I feel like it was like 50 bucks. The the thing is, too, they don't have like a system to roll through like we do in Quebec. You know, like you must go to classes or what have you, because when we went to the DMV, they're like, yeah, no, your licenses mean nothing. And we didn't even understand that they wanted us to take a test. So we took the theoretical test (laughs) without studying or anything just right there. We just went there and you take this test and then they give you the learner's permit. And I mean, compared to all we had to do in Quebec with this whole program and you have like six classes before you even can take the theoretical test. It was minimal in comparison. Yeah, mm. I feel like, you, I don't know, you could have did like a study the day before, looked through a book the day before and just been like, oh yeah, get your learner's <laughs> permit. So cost-wise, if we're talking about having to go through the this whole education program that we have in Quebec, you don't have that. So you're not spending like seven, $800 to eventually get your license. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't have my license here yet, so I don't know how much it's going to cost to just get the card, but it definitely is cheaper if you consider the whole path you have to do back home. And so you live in the U.S. Trump is still technically the president. Half the country voted for him. Do you feel safe as a Black person driving There's definitely... We definitely are careful and and mindful of like how you present. And that's not just me as like a black person who's who's come here from another country. Folks at my work who are black have spoken about this too, like even not wanting to have a mask that's black. You don't want wow. someone to have this, you know, notion of what you're coming into the store for or whatever, you know. Um, so you're definitely aware. And I think on top of my experience, right, like I'm coming from Canada and of course we have police, but we don't have police who like ride in SUVs where you see like the rifle in between the, you know, the passenger and the driver's seat. Right. So we see mm-hmm. that here. We're like wow. going to Whole Foods and you just, you know, my husband pointed that out and I'm like, that's comforting. They're just sitting at the corner and they're like armed to the teeth. So with the political and social context in mind, it's definitely weary. There's, yeah, I feel safe because I I feel fine. I haven't done anything. And I, I know like I'm not up to anything, but 
when you keep like the context in mind, it's like, I'm wary. I, I, I'm careful. I pay attention because I don't want, I don't want any heat, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, do you know anyone that's gotten into difficult situations with the cops? I have a colleague who shared a story just about being pulled over in a very ill-lit area and it was far away from any homes or anything she's an activist so she like already was just like making sure that the police officer disclosed why he was pulling her over getting a name getting the badge number she called her mom so that there would be someone if something happened to her and when she was saying mm-hmm. telling me the story she was just like they didn't even have a reason for pulling me over so they just pulled me over right because she was in an area and they're like well what are you doing here so just her having that very mm-hmm. real experience and having to think of like what is every little thing that I need to do right now to make it out of this in one piece is pretty frightening because you're like damn you know like not everybody's got to think about that and when you do when you're confronted with somebody who you know presumably is there for your safety it's a frightening thought yeah that's yeah unfortunate (sighs) on a lighter note do you have any advice for anyone that's learning to drive right now I guess my advice, number one thing would be like, speak up. If you're at a driving school where the instructor does not, is not serving you well, you know, like they can be totally great for someone else, but they just aren't for you. Like speak up, you're paying for that. It's expensive. It's not free. So you might as well let them know, you know, I wish I had done that because I feel like I would have wasted a little less time dealing with someone who's like, I'm sure you're great for some people, but I'm not getting it, you know, and I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to get it if we continue down the same path. So I feel like that would be my mm-hmm. advice and just stay consistent, as consistent as you possibly can. Like, I understand the struggle of like, hey, no one in your family or in your immediate surroundings may have access to a vehicle. But if you plan out maybe with your driving school as as much as you can so that your practice drivings are, you know, fairly consistent, and then you just, just go get the license. Do it as, as soon as you can. That's what I would say. Don't drag your feet. You mentioned earlier you, like, you struggle mm-hmm. with perfectionism I mean overcoming that was a journey just generally in my life where I had to realize that a lot of my anxieties and a lot of what I wanted or what I was expecting for myself was one unrealistic but two also like based on what other people were expecting of me having this idea that like you have to be perfect because that's what people like expect like they're totally expecting you to pass this test the first time or to 
have all the answers or have everything together when you know or you feel like that's really not my path right now. And I had to come to terms with that. I had to come to terms with understanding that like the value I saw in myself was just whatever I thought other people saw in me. It had nothing to do with actually me, me thinking like I was enough. When I mm. came to that moment, which was like an aha moment for me, I had to work so hard because I mean, like Kim, you know, we go way back. So I'm sure you could think of me in high school or just many of us in high school in this climate of like wanting to be perfect and like an 85 is not enough and 90 is not enough. Like a 95 is not enough. You know, you're, you're never enough. <laughs> so kind of having to like heal back mm-hmm. all those years and realize like, yeah, you're going to fail. And it's going to suck, but you got to learn from it and take with it what you can and like get back up. And I just had to like practice that. And I think now that I'm teaching, that's like inevitable. When you're a teacher, it's like you're going to fail. You make a plan and it never goes the way you want it to. So nothing's ever perfect in teaching. So it kind of ended up being the perfect profession for me. So that I had to learn, you know, when I was learning, like, I just had this idea in my mind, like, if I screw up that, that just means like, I'm not a good driver, and I'll never be a good driver. It's mm-hmm. like, either you're born yeah. with it, or you aren't. Yeah, I felt the same way. And I think like you saying it like that, if people just hear that, and we're like, Oh, damn, yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> like, when no, you can learn how to drive. That's actually the whole entire point. You're learning. <laughs> like, you know, you don't you don't come out the womb ready to drive. But I felt that same exact feeling that you're talking about. Like every time I wasn't getting it right, I was like, well, it's because I'm not supposed to. So <laughs> shoulder shrug, let's wait another year mm. before I come back. <laughs> I think I'm gonna ask the last question now. So what would be your dream road trip first Mm -hmm. in the U.S. because there's a pandemic right now um, and you can't really go anywhere else? And then after that, what would be your dream road trip in Canada? And then what would be your dream road trip anywhere in the world? Okay, so first part, United States. I have always really been obsessed with this movie, Elizabethtown, with like... Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst, super old. But like he goes on this whole world trip with like his mixtapes and everything. It's like the most awesomest thing ever. And so I would want to like do that going to like where his family lived in the movie, which is like Louisville, Kentucky. For some reason, I'm like, I need to go there. But I also want to go like to the Grand Canyon. Basically like make my way across the United States from California towards the east definitely going to new orleans so yeah i would do like a cross country that would probably do like some zigzagging along the way for canada has my family has roots in nova scotia i would definitely my road trip would be like going east you know like driving to nova scotia just seeing the maritimes as great as i'm sure it would be just driving out west (laughs) I think it would be more epic to drive out east and like see part of the country that we don't really 
highlight. Mm-hmm. It's just like there, but we never talk about them. International, that would just be crazy. I would likely do Europe and just like drive all the way through. And when I got to Italy, I would probably stop driving. I would just eat the entire time. It'd probably end there because <laughs> like my dream is to just go to Italy and eat all the food that I can. Thank you so much, Renee, for coming on the show. Well, thank you, like, one, for having me. It's pretty great uh, to be on a <laughs> podcast. It's, like, a little niche community, but I, I feel like, yeah, we don't hear about these stories, you know? Like, most people seem to get their stuff together very young, and then there's the rest of us. <laughs> wow. Renee's story was very inspiring. In order to get her license, Renee had to finally accept herself and learn how to deal with failure. When it comes to anything in life, it's so important not to worry about what other people think and to not let failure get you down. Thanks again for listening, and it would be great if you could give the show a review on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Be well, and I hope you'll join me next time for another episode of the Strive to Drive podcast.